Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Dosa Buffa, second session in a row here from Little Rock, Arkansas. This is kind of what you do when you're just kind of bored and your wife and your kid have went to sleep and the house is too quiet. You don't want to go to sleep and your hockey team drops a very pivotal game and your baseball team wins one and 30 minutes is just not enough. So we're going to talk some blues and how they do everything the hard way. I have taken some Twitter questions. I have, I may get some call-ins, you know, we get those random guest call-ins with the weird, uh, the weird numbers. I don't even know who they are, so I might just click on them and we'll see. Maybe Ken Hitchcock, will, maybe Coach Hitch can call in and tell me why he didn't play Vladimir Tarasenko more. That'd be a good question to ask. But in case you'd be living under a rock since about 4 p.m., let's just say 6, 7, the St. Louis Blues have coughed up a 3-1 to game lead against the Blackhawks. And that essentially means that they're going to do things the hard way. This is basically their specialty. If you've been a St. Louis Blues fan since your birth, if you've been a young kid watching your parents scream at the television year after year, you know, when they come, when they came into the NHL and they went to the Stanley Cup Finals three years in a row and they lost, and then they've drifted, made the, they've made the playoffs almost 40 times since they've got in the NHL. Almost about 80% of the time, the, blue, the Blues make the playoffs. But it's just what they do there that basically lingers. You know, they get to the – they lose in the quarterfinals. They maybe get to the semifinals. They might get to the finals every once in a while. This team never does anything easy. That's why this podcast is called the St. Louis Blues do everything the hard way because they could have taken out the Blackhawks in game five in, in, you know, in Chicago. Yeah, did, well, no, there I am. I'm already messing things up. They could, have, they could have won game five at Scott Trade. And then Patrick Kane happened. And two overtimes happened. And they couldn't finish them off. And as I said in my pre-series article, if you give these Blackhawks an inch, they're going to take a foot. If you give them a little bit of you, if you crack the door open, these guys are going to come back and they're going to ruin things. Because these guys, you can love them, you can hate them, you can just kind of deal with them. They've been there. They've won the Stanley Cup three times in the last 10 years. They've They've been there. I mean, they're just a dominant team. It's like every other year. They're either going deep into the playoffs or they're winning the whole thing. They are the big brother of this division. They're going to be that way until the one of the teams can overcome them. And here the the Blues, you split the first two games, and then you win two games in the United Center, two games in a row. I don't think you've done that. I don't. Think, I can't even tell you when the last time the Blues did that. They haven't done it in the playoffs in a long time. They have a hard time beating the Blackhawks in the playoffs. But it was a different team. Even Corey Crawford, you know, got so fed up that he tried to attack 
Robbie Fabri. He was basically 110 pounds. He said after the game, this is a different team. Blues fans, you know it's so tender that you want to buy into this team. When the opposing goaltender is telling you, hey, this is a different team, go ahead and buy in, you still don't want to do it. You still don't want to buy into this team because here they are, tied up at three, going into a game seven. Yes, it's at Scott Trade. If it was at United Center, I think everybody would just be even more leaning off the edge or, you know, basically staring down off the edge of their building on the top of the roof, just going to go, okay, we can't beat these guys again. But I thought they were going to do it tonight. Let me just be honest. I thought they were going to get in there and finish this team off. You know, they got down early, and then they scored three goals, and then they gave up five unanswered goals. It's crazily an extreme when you see this team come so close to finishing off the Hawks. And it was really early, so you can't even really, you know, get too excited. I thought, okay, 3-1, to one, Brian Elliott's been very good in this series. You play some – even, you know, you play good defense, you get out of the Blues stop playing defense. They just – they wouldn't play. I mean, I didn't understand it. I didn't get what this team was doing. Kevin Shattenkirk forgot to play defense for like a whole period. And so you blow the three, three to one lead in the game and then you take penalties and you give them this game right back. You know, you're talking about penalties late in the game. You, 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 you allow these Blackhawks to come back into this game and then they put it away late. Yeah. <sighs> Basically, my expression about half a game. You just kind of have a big sigh and you kind of out breathe out. But the problem with this team is that they are capable of defensive breakdowns. So let's say on Monday we get a lead. You can't feel yeah. You're not going to feel safe, you know, because they can come out like the second period tonight where they get or Saturday night where they get outshot 19 to six. And Chicago scores three goals. You know, the the Blues exited the first period Saturday night after a Tarasenko goal made it three to one. In the second period, Anisimov scored, Ramsdyke scored, and we scored. And just like that, what was a three to one Blues lead turned into a four to three Chicago lead. And then, of all people, Andrew Shaw scores a late power play goal, makes it 5-3. to three. I mean, Andrew Shaw, this is a guy that I wanted to see the Blues shaking hands with last night, and he cements the win for the Hawks to send him back to Scott Trey. I mean, you have guys like, you know, before game five, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, Hosa were very quiet. And then, you know, Kane had a big goal. Uh, Hosa had a goal. Taze had some some big assists. Tonight, you have Taze gathering up two assists. You have Patrick Kane getting an assist. Hosa got the late empty netter. Andrew Ladd had, had a big goal to get the, the Blackhawks an early lead. It's one of those things where you really – you don't know what to expect on, on Monday. I want to tell – I told fans tonight, 
in a tweet, I said, look, you know, you, you, you can drink and you can howl at the moon, but it's tied. We haven't choked yet. The Blues choked away a 3-1 to one series lead. They choked away a 3-1 to one lead. They have basically made this as, as hard as possible. I once, during a, a, a St. Louis Cardinals playoff game, I once sat there and listened to Mike Shannon say, well, it's not supposed to be easy. And I instantly thought, well, he's right, but they can make it a little bit easier than this. And the Cardinals came back and won that game. I won't go into detail about what it was, but I'm feeling the same way right now. I'm feeling like the Blues have to do this to us. They have to make it very hard. Um, Let me just make a few things clear. Vladimir Tarasenko should have played more minutes. He played 16 minutes and 56 seconds in this game six. Uh, David Backus played more minutes. That's to be he played 19 minutes and 47 seconds. I love Dave Backus, but, you know, should he play more than Tarasenko? That's debatable, and it's probably winnable because Backus plays against – he plays he, – he, he, he means as much defensively as he does offensively. Uh, you had a guy, Paul Stasny, played 18 minutes and 43 seconds. I love Paul, but he shouldn't play more than Vladimir Tarasenko. Alex Steen, good player, great player even, played more than Tarasenko. Uh, you had Laterra, of course, on his line. He played just about 16 minutes. You had those guys. Schwartz played 17. So you had that line. Even if you had to get Tarasenko out there with another line, you have to play this guy. I mean, he's just too vital. Patrick Kane, let me just compare. If we're going to do comparisons between the top guns, Patrick Kane played 22 minutes and two seconds tonight. He's out there all the time. Jonathan Tays, 21 minutes and 10 seconds. These guys don't just play on one line. They play, they get out there, mix and match. You'll see, you know, Kane and Tays together. You might see Hosa and Kane, Hosa and Tays, you know, Ladd. You'll, you'll mix and match. Joe Quinville is a guy who reacts better to adversity inside of the game than Ken Hitchcock. He can adjust. He can kind of get, you know, have his team get punched in the face, which they did with, with a three-to-one lead that the Blues grabbed all of a sudden. You know, the Hawks scored really quickly, and then the Blues scored three, and you thought, okay. But Quinville takes that kind of push, and then he, he goes, okay, well, I'm going to play my guys no matter what. I'm not going to worry about Kane's legs or his status for game seven. I'm going to play the shit out of this guy. And, yes, Kane only had three shots. He, did, he had one assist. He didn't really factor too much. He didn't score any goals. Uh, he didn't block any shots, the guy. But he was out there just kind of haunting the ice, and you have to worry about him. So that's your biggest thing. If you want to make a comparison, Tarasenko plays 16 minutes and 56 seconds, scores a goal, and it's a beautiful goal. Vladimir Tarasenko on the dot in the offensive zone with an open wrist shot, it's going to go in 99% of the time. I don't care who's in goal. I don't care if Patrick Waugh's in goal, Lundqvist in their prime at their greatest, Jonathan Quick, it's going to go in. The guy is a marvel. So he's playing just under 17 minutes, and then Patrick Kane's playing just over 22 minutes. That's five more minutes that they had their biggest gun on the ice. That's bullshit. And if that doesn't change on Monday, if he doesn't react, there's a reason that Joel Quinville's teams historically 
let's just go, since he's came to the Hawks, when they're down in a series, they play their best hockey. When they get pushed up against the wall, they play their best. Can Hitchcock teams? Well, since Brett Hall played for him, not so much. I mean, yes, he's got the great regular season record, you know, Captain Kangaroo behind the bench. Yes, he has pedigree. But lately, no, he doesn't have shit. He had a chance to knock this team out. No, 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 you know, look, the, the coaches don't strap skates on. They don't get in the ice. But they can affect lineups. They can tap on shoulders and go, you need to get out there and score a fucking goal. I don't care if you got to take this game over, shovel, shove a ref off his feet. He should have gotten Tarasenko, who is the best player on the Blues. Yes, we can all make an argument for Helgstein. I, I, I don't think so. If you have one guy with one shot, to win a game. You're not going to say Steen over Tarasenko unless you're on crack. Tarasenko is your guy. He's a guy that signed to the most long-term deal on this team. Nobody else is going to get an eight-year deal. I mean, you know, the next guy I can think of, even when it comes around, even with a deal near that, is Petra Angelo. You know. Petranza, yeah, I mean, you know, Mr. Mr. Petro, who they really still can't pronounce his name. They call, they call him Peter Angelo. Alex Petrangelo. But that's your best player. Now, Petro's playing 29 minutes. He plays about 30 minutes a game. You know, Bo Meester plays 24 minutes. Shattenkirk, 21 minutes, which is basically about 10 minutes of good defense. Uh, Bacchus, as I said, Bacchus, you know, should be playing around 20. You know, the guy's just a beast. He gets out there, shuts down the top lines. Well, tries to shut down the top line. It's not going to work with these guys. Tarasenko shouldn't be playing 16 minutes, 56 seconds. He should be playing what, what Kane did, 22 minutes. It's as simple as that, folks. I mean, why isn't Vladimir Tarasenko playing more? It's just kind of crap. Number two, where I want to get across is Brian Elliott's going to start game seven. No offense to Jake Allen. I like Jake Allen. I think he's either going to be, he still has a chance to be the future for this team. He has a chance to compete really hard with Elliott because I think they're both going to come back next year. Or he could be surprise trade bait if the Blues think that Brian Elliott's the shit and that he can now lead this team. And you bring up one of your young guns, Jordan Bennington or Phoenix Coplay, you know, you can make that big gamble in the offseason. You never know. Jake Allen's a, a very good goaltender. I think he's not somebody you're, you're going to give away, but he could be one of those surprise moves. Uh, but Brian Elliott's going to start game seven. Brian Elliott's played his ass off. And I'm not saying that all the goals tonight were his defense's fault, but when you have him making a great save on one of these goals, I don't know which one it was, and then a guy knocks it out of the air into the, into the goal, and then you have – you look at the replay of three Hawks in front of him with no blues. Goaltenders can't stop that. You know, Brian Elliott's played his ass off in this series. He's won games. If, if, if Alex Petrangelo is not your MVP, Brian Elliott is. So he's going to start game seven. Uh, Corey Crawford, can he stand taller than Brian Elliott in game seven? I don't think so. I think Brian Elliott's going to match him. Obviously, Crawford made some great saves and, uh, on Saturday night. I mean, it was, you know, he stopped 20, you know, he had, he had 28 shots on goal. He stopped 25 of them. It's not a, an outstanding number. Um, Brian Elliott faced 36 shots. 
stop five of them, you know, with the empty netter not counting. But, you know, I, I think Brian Elliott's going to get the start. People that kind of even starting to think about making that move are stupid or just not thinking right. Uh, the problem with this game, if I had to put on one thing, is that the Blues took their foot off the gas pedal after the 3-1 to lead, which they've done 100 times in the last few years. They've just gotten out to a 3-0 lead or a 3-1 lead or a 2-0 lead, and they just kind of go, ah, you know, it's like Hitchcock goes, let's play prevent defense. Let's lay off. Let's stop being as hungry on the puck, and let's just kind of let them get into the game. You can't do that with guys like Taze and Kane and Hosa and, and Ladd. And you got Brent Seabrook with a lightning rod shot from the point. You got Duncan Keith, who has a decent shot. You have all these weapons that if you let them back into the game, as we saw tonight, they're just going to take it. And they did. I mean, they were, Blues were in control, and then the Blues weren't in control. The game switched in 20 minutes. And the Blues came out hard in the third period, but they put a goal past Crawford. There was a lot of pressure on Crawford, but there wasn't really any good, good crisp scoring chances. I know late Colton Preco put a grenade into Corey Crawford's chest that, you know, temporarily hindered him, but it didn't stop him from making more saves and giving the Hawks a chance for Shaw to get, to get that back-breaking goal and then to finish it off with the empty netter. It comes down to defense, man. You have teams that can play it for 60 minutes. You have teams that can play it for 30 the Blues had a terrible second period, and it cost them. I'm going to go ahead and take a caller. It's from the 314 area code, so it's from a St. Louis caller. Let's get him on the line. I don't know who this is. Hello. Hi, um, Dan. Uh, my name is Asad. I am a uh, lifelong Blues fan since uh, I was uh, I was born in 92. Uh, I've been a Blues fan since 96. Um, All right. Greatest day of my life was when Wayne Gretzky came to the Blues. That was the worst day when he uh-huh. left. Listening to what you're saying, man, I just got to say a few things. Number one, let's look at the San Jose Sharks for a second, if we, if, if, if we can. They beat the Los Angeles Kings. Now, the Kings have Stanley Cup experience. Now, why am I bringing oh, yeah. them involved? Well, they had a 3-1 they had a series lead. So did we. Mm-hmm. What happened? They won. We didn't. Now, why is that? It's very simple. I think Todd McClellan was... San Jose's version of Ken Hitchcock in that he was holding the team back with his philosophy. He's a good coach, but his philosophy isn't, you know, good anymore. And then they bring in Pete DeVore. And what does Pete DeVore do? He helps them beat a Stanley Cup champion caliber team. I think part of our problem is this. I love Hitchcock as a person. He is not sure he needs to go. Okay. And the reason I say that is because number one, Bo Meester, he should be benched. I know some people may not like me saying that. He's but uh, has had... he is, He's softer than a pillow, though. Yeah, I agree. He's soft. Yeah. He gets pushed yeah. off the puck. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, I was just saying that Joe Quinville, when when he's pushed against yeah. the wall, his teams yeah. react perfectly. When the Blues get Absolutely. pushed, they just kind of crumble. Yeah. Absolutely. But go I ahead. Think I mean, part of that. Yeah, I think part of the problem is that number one. Hitchcock and the coaching staff are way too loyal. If, if <laughs> Bo Meester is, is, is a pro, Bo Meester, in my humble opinion, is the reason that Kane scored the winning goal in game five. You stood on oh, yeah. Elliott's stick and you, yeah, and you screwed us over. Yeah. yeah. And the problem, and the problem here is this. I love the blues. I want to be hopeful. 
I am telling you, Dan, if 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 we don't change another one one change that another change that needs to be made, put Robbie Fabry and Vladimir Tarasenko together. Robbie has been one of your Mm. best players, and he is a spark plug. You put him with Tarasenko and uh, Latera, okay? Then you have something where I'm not going to say it's Kane and Taves and and whatever, but it's comparable. It's enough, and I think that if the Blues lose this game, and God forbid that happened, but I have a bad feeling about it, you need oh, yeah. to go after you a coach to. that's that's Quenville like. In, in perfect yeah. world, I would want perfect world. I want Joel back. I want him to come back. If that <laughs> if that's possible, do it seriously. Because yeah. Pete Devore's is, is is a shining example of how the right coach is. A, a big difference and you know yeah, one more yeah. thing before i go this might sound crazy yeah. to you i think <laughs> the blues should sign steven stamkos he's a free agent this year he is a captain he's been to the stanley cup if you can bring him in get rid of some of the bad contracts you have don't sign back it's bring stamkos in you got tarasenko you have fabry you've got a good nucleus of talent that can compete with the chicago's and LA's of the world. And Dan, I'm a huge fan of your articles and I'm a huge fan of you. You're awesome. And you tell it like it is. And thank you, brother. Hey man, thanks for calling in, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Uh, uh, yeah, call in next time. I'm, I'm going to finish this show up. Yeah. 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 I'm just, I'm, I'm listening to your show through my phone. <laughs> Sorry. All right. All right. Cool. Um, well, yeah, I mean, and Todd, uh, he, he makes a lot of great points. And I think, I hope I just didn't disconnect Todd, but I kind of took him kind of off the air. I'm still learning this podcast thing. So if I disconnected Pod completely from this podcast, I apologize. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's a great point. I mean, you look at this series and then, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, you know, I got seven minutes left. Just 30 minutes flies by too fast. I, I need to get, like, extended blog talk or, like, you know, Skype or, hot bean or something but yes and i tell you if the blues cough this up hitchcock isn't going to want to come back i think you know you see what happened last off season where you know uh doug armstrong was basically calling other coaches and going hey you want to come you want to come okay and then he calls hitchcock back and go okay well nobody else said they want to come so you want to come back for another year i don't i don't think hitch is going to come back i think if he goes through this whirlwind and the blues top of a three to one lead and obviously they're gonna need him to go a different direction. I mean, I don't see David Backus coming back. I like David Backus. Let me just put it out there. Whenever I say it, I, I always kinda of get these tweets that go, You're crazy. I like David Backus, but I think that he's gonna get a Ryan Kessler contract. He's proved that he can score. He's proved that he can move down to a to a to a second line and still produce. He's a silky cup guy. He's a guy that can one of the best defensive forwards in the NHL. He is going to get that one last big contract. And I think if, especially if the blues lose, you're going to see Hitchcock walk. I mean, Armstrong isn't going to have to give him a call. Hitchcock's just going to walk. And I think Backus is going to go sign somewhere else. I think Shattenkirk is not going to be a blue after this next year. He's got one year left. And I think if the blues were smart and they know they can't sign them, I like Shattenkirk. He's kind of more of an offensive defenseman. He's a guy that can score goals. 
We saw in this series, especially Saturday night, we saw Shattenkirk get exposed a little bit in the defensive zone. He's not like Petro, who can just kind of play offense, play defense. He's like a computer on the ice. He's a smart player. Shattenkirk, with the way the Blues cap is and how much money they have given to defensemen, I don't see they, I don't think they can sign him. And so you, you want to get something for him before he becomes a free agent and this departs. And then you have Steen's contract going to be coming up. I'm not saying the Blues are going to lose him, but you know this team is going to be could be shifting a little bit. I'm not saying this is a win now or we're going to lose for a while. Team, they still have the talent to compete and and make the playoffs. But I mean, I, you know, the idea of bringing Stamkos in, especially if you don't retain Backus and you have that extra money, that extra cash flow, and if you make a trade, maybe you unleash, unload a Latera. Who's going to make four points over four million for the next two to three years? I think it's three. Hope it's two. I think I'm wrong. I think it's three. I like Latera. I think he he's got he has one of the most beautiful passing abilities in the world. But I think he's slow. I think he peaked in De- December 2014. Mr. Art Lippo would agree. I think he's just not a guy you know who deserves those kind of minutes. He shouldn't be playing the same kind of minutes as Tarasenko. Uh, I think that if you unload his kind of contract and you maybe you do, if Bacchus doesn't come back, you, you go after a Stamkos. That's a big guy. That's a big get. But that's uh, that's thinking too far in the line. I mean, I think there's going to be plenty of time to think about that when the Blues, you know, when they win the next two rounds and go to the Stanley Cup. Anyway, let's not think about that either. But there's, as I said tonight, folks, there's one game left. The Blues aren't out of it. It's tied. The Blues can come back to St. Louis tonight, wake up tomorrow under the arch. They can get really pissed off. And that includes Ken Hitchcock because this could be – I'm not saying the guy's going to be done coaching. He might go coaching their team. He's definitely getting old. I think he's the oldest coach in the NHL. I think it's been said about 95 times, and I just haven't put it in cement in my brain yet, which is, you know, a common occurrence for a guy like me, getting stuff to go in there. But – I'm not sure where he's going to go after this. This could be his last time that he has this kind of roster at his disposal. Last time he has a Tarasenko, he has a, a Fabri, he has a Colton Pareko who just sends grenades towards the net if he gets set up right. I can see the guy, you know, he, he's still learning on, on the fly. And by the way, short little thing here, the emergence of Colton Pareko has given the Blues the idea that if Shattenkirk doesn't come back, they may be okay. Now, you could say that the long contract of Jay Bomeister kind of hindered them into signing a third defenseman after Petro and Jay Bo. But, you know, they, they, they re-upped Edmondson and Gunnarsson. Those are smarter deals. Even though I wasn't really quick to love the Gunnarsson deal, those are good. For, for what they were paid, those are good deals. With all those contracts, I just can't see Shaddy coming back, which, which means the emergence of Pareko is kind of makes that, that offsets it a little bit. But let's get back to the point. I'm getting off point again. Hitchcock may not have this kind of roster again. I mean, this is not a win-now team, but this is a win-now team for Hitch. And if he wants to cement his legacy and extend it here, make an adjustment. Do what Todd said. Put up, uh, you know, put Fabri with Tarasenko, who are arguably your two best players this year, at least offensively. You have Tarasenko leaving the ice after the second period and smacking away Hitchcock's hand. He was mad. I mean, he wants to play. You you, you can call that a, a crabby, bitchy player. I call it a guy who, 
who's telling his coach, I am awesome, Mr. Hitchcock, and you're playing me 16 minutes and 56 seconds. And this is a common thread. I think he played a similar time in game five. How do you have Patrick Kane playing 22 minutes and you have Tara Single playing 16.56? It's bullshit. You have to either switch up the lines, put Tarasenko out there with two lines, let him play with two different centers. I mean, dude, if you lose, if you lose this game Monday, he's going to have plenty of time to recover his legs. He's going to have plenty of time to go, well, I have all this, you know, all this time now to contemplate if I want to play more. Play the guy. He's your best. Put him with Fabri. Shake up the lines. At least you can show adjustment, effort, to making the, the outcome for Game 7 better. Joe Quinville's done it. When the Blues have gotten up on the Hawks, he's made a move. He has adjusted to the times. He has adjusted to the series. When the, when the Blues throw a punch, Quinville throws two back and puts his, his two big guns on the same line. He put Taze and... Kane on the same line, put Fabri and Tarasenko on the same line. Put them out there more. They're going to want to play. You tap on Tarasenko's shoulder, he's going to jump off that bench, get to that dot in the offensive zone, and fire a rocket past Crawford. And you're going to feel like, man, why didn't I do that to, you know, that last game, the game before? The Blues are going to compete next year, folks. This is not do or die. But it's going to be a very long summer. You're going to see some change happen if this Blues team loses on Monday. Guaranteed coaching change. I don't see Backus coming back. Things are going to go down, and I am going to go off the air now. If you listen to the stream after it's completed and uploaded, you'll hear all this. I unfortunately ran out of time. I'm still working on getting that down. I want to play my little exit music when I get out of here. This being my, since I kind of fired this podcast back up, I recorded a, 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 a dose of Bubba Pod two years ago, one time last year, and now I'm kind of red hot right now. I'm, I'm wanting to record all the time. It's last minute. I want to get my Twitter followers on. I want to get... I'm going to try to ask, like, you know, actors, maybe some athletes to come on here. You know, hey, it's a dose of buffer pot. They, they can say what they want. Um, but I'm still kind of working on my closing the show out. I kind of got on a little rant there, and my time ran out. So if you're listening to live one, you're probably like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. But if you, when, when the audio finishes up, when I end this call officially, you'll get to hear all this greatness. Well, not greatness, but semi-greatness. I want to thank you for listening. This is two podcasts tonight. The first one I had Kevin Mattingling on, a fellow Twitter blues and, and Hawks fan, grew up in Chicago, took beatings to be a, a Cardinals fan over a Cubs fan, so you got to applaud him for that. You should listen to that. That's already up. Uh, this is going to be, hopefully, audio will be done, and I'll post this in the morning. We got to win Monday night. It all comes down to that. Game five, game six don't matter anymore. It just matters game seven. Yeah, if Ken Hitchcock makes makes the adjustments, plays his big guys more, shakes the lines up, adjusts to the results of the last game, like Joe Quinville has done the whole series, like he's done the past six years with the Hawks, the Blues can win this. 
Because if they win it, we're not going to care what happened. We're going to care, okay, we, we, my original prediction was Blues in seven. Because I, I, I thought the Hawks wouldn't go away. They'd kick and they'd scream until we finally knock them out. So Monday, we got to do just that. We got to knock them out. Thanks for listening to the Dose of Buffa. Come back in next time for more unfiltered, wherever it goes, random, blunt talk. Voice of the fan. Good night.